Hey, this is Tom Hazard from Ellison, and you're watching CMS TV. And we are back right here on Chris Aiken Presents. And uh, what you think of that, Eric? That was pretty good, I like right? it, man. I, You know, as I've said on other episodes, I'm a fan of like Avenged Sevenfold. And sure. that almost has a kind of vibe like that in some of that, what you were just playing. Yeah. Like, I think fans of that would also like his band. Mm-hmm. No, he, uh, nice guy. First time I've ever interviewed him. Nice guy. He was definitely, really cool. Yeah, definitely cool. And good for him for, you know, I... I don't know if you're, you're not really a Bay Area thrash guy, are you? Well, in, in the sense I loved all the the OG Bay Area, th- yeah. Bay Area thrash bands from the 80s. See, I'm, a, I'm, I'm definitely a both sides of it. I, I was so fortunate to be living out there right at the right time. You know, I was, I was out there from, um, when was I out there? 90 to 92. Mm-hmm. So it was right when, it was after the Metallica crush. Right. But it was right at the height of Death Angel, Forbidden, you know, um, those, those types of bands. And, and obviously it, it it blossomed later into other bands that I love. I, like, I love all Bay Area. There's something about the Bay Area that just resonates with me. Even, like, bands like Machine Head or Skin Lab or, you know, bands like that I just love. I absolutely, it is my go-to music when I'm in the mood for metal. You know, I, I go to those, those types of bands and death angel was always one, one of my favorites. So for me, just hearing him telling stories about playing with the death angel guys, that's just plain cool. <laughs> yeah. Death angel was one of those bands where I, I do remember playing one of their riffs too. When I, when I was sure. a kid, when I was 15, that song on board. Oh yeah. Um, board. That was a that was a fun song. Hell yeah, it was. See, Joe Rico says Skinner has more of an old school sanctuary vibe. Okay. That was a cool band, Sanctuary. Yeah, that's a good reference too. Yeah, I, I mean maybe some of his older stuff though. I'm just the new record sounds very modern. It really it, it does, but it's very diverse. It's definitely right. not it's even it's got def- some Swedish Swedish metal vibes. It does. It absolutely does. It has a lot of a lot of interesting guitar guitar work in it, guitar not picking, but what do you call that when they when they down tune but still do like sharp soloing or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that's called, but that's that's what called I'm, the uh, Nickelodeon scale, Chris. <laughs> you know what? You're gonna tell me that. I'm gonna say that to somebody, and they're gonna be like, "What are you a fucking moron?" The Nickelodeon scale. <laughs> yeah, you know they'll be like, they'll be like, yeah, right after my um um arpeggio SpongeBobio. You know, it's like <laughs> I'm sure that's what I'll get the minute that I reference that. But good. Sound like he liked that, he liked my store, my thrift store. He wanted he did the, he did pimp hats. I guess we'll find out if uh, Bella from Plush shops at the thrift store. I'm yeah, thinking well, not. I'm she thinking... should because I I forgot how fun it was. I'll, I'll tell you when I was a kid in the '90s. Yeah, I was all about thrift stores, and that was like before they became a hip thing. Okay. Uh, this was you know the Seattle scene was pretty big at the time, and flannels and combat boots and things like that were were popular. Sure. Ripped up G, uh, shorts and this. 
and we found all that stuff back then. And somewhere in the 90s, they realized that that stuff was cool. I think by the time eBay had started and people started reselling mm-hmm. some of that vintage stuff and there was a, a demand. I think one of the first things was uh, Levi's jeans were big like overseas. So stores started like figuring it out and setting stuff aside and uh, marking stuff up. Right. It's not. there are still fantastic deals at thrift stores, but some of the stuff, like when you go to Goodwill, uh, Mm -hmm. they are charging something for it, you know, for a a button shirt will cost you like 12 or 13, but you you're there and you're looking at the quality and some of this stuff is great quality. Some of it still has price tags on it. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, um, as far as, uh, the thrift store would, would inspired this, We've, we've been watching a lot of what Susan wants to watch lately. Okay, sure. <laughs> Do you want to get into this now? Because Bella's waiting for us. So. She's waiting. Oh, okay. I thought, okay, we can we can do this after. We will do this after because I do not want to keep um, what to me is a big star. May not okay. be to everybody, but as everybody knows, my favorite, favorite new band of the, the last two or three years has been Plush. And not a secret. I'm I friendly. guess we could put my thrift store story on hold. We'll put Chris. it on. So we'll put your thrift store story on hold so that I can wax poetic about plush because as as everybody that listens to me, especially on CMS, knows, I, I've been friends with Mariah for a lot of years. Are you sweating? Are you sweating? Right I'm now? very <laughs> nerved up. <laughs> no, but I, I'm I'm super excited to um to have Bella on uh, to talk about the new single, new plush album, maybe. I don't know what the story is there. Um, I know something was recorded. We will find out about that. And we'll find out about her brand new website and guitar lessons and blah, 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 blah. Bunch of stuff. So let's do this. Let me play what is arguably a piece of my favorite song by Plush. And then we will be right back with Bella Peron of Plush. Right after this, it is Chris Aiken Presents. right here on Chris Aiken Presents. And uh, right now we are presenting this young lady here, Miss Bella Perron. Bella, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Good, real doing good. Doing awesome. Hi, Bella. So but, thanks for having me. I'm stoked sure. to be here. Absolutely. Well, let me ask you the most important question since we were just talking about it. Eric's shop. background is obviously a thrift store. Do you shop in thrift stores? 
I just hopped in a couple minutes ago, but like, I want to hear the thrift store story. Go right ahead, Eric. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my lady, Susan has been watching a show about thrifting that got her inspired. And this past weekend we went on a full blown thrift store extravaganza. That was a lot of fun. She got a ton of cool stuff. Um, I'm going to look up right now the name of this show so you guys can check it out. Um, let me see here. One sec. Oh, it's <laughs> this is oh, very organized. Oh, here we go. It's called B. Jones Style. Okay. okay. I'll have to check it out. B. Jones awesome. Style. And it's uh, she's she's an Orange County uh, woman that goes to thrift stores. And she's she has a, a slender physique. So she can kind of put on anything and make it work. Uh, where not everybody can do that, but uh, she and she has fun at these stores and uh, throws on all different kinds of outfits there. And Susan got excited about thrift store shopping, so we hit a couple places. We got all kinds of cool stuff. I got something really. I don't know if people are going to laugh at it or what. <laughs> a flight suit. A flight oh, suit. Sick. Fucking flight suit. Like where else <laughs> are you going to find a flight suit? I bought a flight. A real legit onesie now, now what are you gonna do with it i'm gonna i'm gonna wear it on stage you should. <laughs> I, at so, something maybe a festival or something it's it's it looks kind of sexy i mean it has like a like the whole it's a onesie so it, like the zipper comes down you know and Jesus. and I, I flop up the uh collar you know and i, I don't know it kind of to- works i can't wait to see a steven's piercy video and and you on stage with a flight suit on <laughs> flight suit he might like it i don't know uh but it, maybe he might i'll be fired too it's worth a shot maybe. yeah it's worth a shot. so uh, i guess I the question bella is do you shirt. shop at do you shop at thrift stores i do once in a while usually right. if we have an off day on tour i usually my two things are look for record stores or thrift shops sure mm-hmm. and it's a lot easier to throw thrifted clothes in my suitcase and vinyl so i end up thrifting more than you know getting records but yeah here and there i like i want to get more into it like i'm in maine right now when i'm home and i feel like the thrifting here is like not Do you have a good will is there a good will of maine that those stores there is yeah the there's definitely right. a few i feel like i need to just be more on top of it like scoping them out yeah, you'd be surprised especially now like there's so much crap in stores because their inflation and everything they're still trying to keep their prices cheap so the quality is taking a super big dip mm-hmm. and for a fraction of, the, of like or, or what one new item would cost you could go to a thrift store and buy like three or four cool things that you could wear potentially for for that what one new item would be and you find eclectic stuff there you know, awesome stuff. Sometimes, I mean, there's people that have vintage stuff from the anywhere from the 50s, 60s, 70s, and all of a sudden they pass away. The stuff just gets donated and ends up at a place. Half the stuff I bought still had. Hold on a second. <laughs> you didn't know you were walking into this, did you? <laughs> no, but I'm so here for it. Look at this. Oh, sick. Okay, this still had the price tag on it. That still has the. It's a Volcom really? shirt. This was like four dollars. Oh no, actually, I think it was actually more like fifteen dollars. But it was brand new, and you can't get a shirt. This is pretty good quality. I got a blazer for seven dollars. Oh, nice! <laughs> you could totally punk that up. Oh yeah, I like to like the challenge of it. Like, how can I turn this into an outfit? Or, like, how can I wear it on stage? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
even t-shirts like they have such cool uh vintage t-shirts that you would definitely nowadays they charge like 25 dollars if you were to buy from a department store like some music t-shirt you know they're here and a lot of they're not in bad shape they don't really put stuff out there that's too beat up it's not like it, that just doesn't make it to the showroom floor basically at these places right, <laughs> right. Nice. we had we had a great time the only weird thing we did was we decided to walk to the last one there's one that's like three miles away and we thought to stay in shape we would burn some calories and walk to this which was the worst idea uh <laughs> really? was, that's six miles you know round trip and our feet were oh. killing we were carrying a bunch of shit that we, oh, yeah that's gonna be a lot tougher once you're carrying stuff too yeah i had like <laughs> A flight suit. I had a blazer. Yeah. I had multiple shirts. It, I was like, oh, I was like Santa Claus going down the uh, post highway. That's awesome. A homeless Santa fun. Claus. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, let's pull this around to the reason you're actually here, which is to talk about a myriad of things. We'll start with plush, and then we'll get to your website and guitar lessons and all this other good stuff. But certain. I have I have had the pleasure of seeing you guys play twice now. I, I saw I saw you both times in Cleveland. First time with Wolfie, the second time with Seven Dust. And the difference in the band from the I think the Wolfgang gig was like the second gig you'd ever played. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, 200 gigs later or whatever it was by the time you got to Seven Dust, it was like a completely different band. So for you, how do you feel as far as the growth, not only of the band, but of, of yourself and the way you perform? Cause you're, I'll tell you the first show you kind of were standing there. It's almost like you were nervous. And then, <laughs> and then seven does is, you know, jumping off the drum risers and doing kicks and, and you know, throwing picks Jimmy. out at people and stuff. You were like, you were like totally at home at that one. So talk, talk a little bit. Let's start there. Talk a little bit about the growth on this amazing run of tours that you guys have had. Oh, well, first of all, thank you so much for coming to shows. Like I super appreciate it. And it's been wild. Just, you know, I feel like too, as a super like young band and a new band getting, you know, like we're so thankful for the opportunity to have been kind of thrown in the deep end of like all of a sudden you're touring at 19 and it's like, how are you going to handle things like, well, all of a sudden, what's your stage presence? Like, how do you guys interact as a live band? And it's been super cool to see how that grows over time. And um, yeah, I think it was like a year and a half apart, those two shows. So right. like, by the time we're on Seven Dust, it felt like, you know, we're operating as a unit and everyone's kind of on the same page and everyone kind of grows into their own kind of dynamic on stage and like musically too. So it's been super like, like really interesting and inspiring to see I feel like us as like a band, everyone kind of growing and especially going into record new music now, just how different it is from doing the first album. Sure. Well, talking about, let's, let's talk about the tours for a minute because I have on all of the different shows that I do, I have talked about this ridiculous show schedule that you guys have had. Not so much that the schedule, I mean, the schedule has been pretty brutal for you guys too. It seems like every time you go, it's like, 28 shows in 30 days or some crazy fast amount of which you know that's a lot but it's the 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 bands that you guys have opened for wolfgang van halen and uh slash and seven dust and um you know uh allison chains and bush and hailstorm and evanescence and i mean 
there are a million bands that would give everything they they have for one of those tours and you guys had them come back to back to back to back to back was that a good I, obviously it's a good thing because you're out in front of a bunch of people that wouldn't see you but for you on a personal level is it a good thing or is it kind of a this was cool but I didn't really get to appreciate it because it came so fast and so one after the next after the next it was incredible honestly like just such a wild ride and it's still kind of one of those things where it's like you'll stop and look back and like oh yeah that really did happen like i wasn't just kind of making that up in my head right like, I felt like every day of the slash tour especially like this is this is my life right now this is pretty weird like <laughs> i love it <laughs> um but yeah it's definitely like like just like a crazy growing experience too, have going from not touring at all to like back to back tours and getting to open up for so many bands that we all grew up loving, like just super surreal. And like so many like really like wild full circle moments too, like opening up for like so many bands, like I'd like gone to see as a kid or like the slash tour, like, you know, I had cut school once with my mom, like my mom took me to Boston to go see him. And nice. now we're like opening for him at the same venue. It's like just so oh. many crazy things like that, you know, I would never in a million years would think would happen. Right. Has mom been really supportive of everything or is she worried about you a lot? Yeah. yeah, both my parents have been so supportive and it's been, yeah, just a wild ride. <laughs> well, your dad's in the business too, right? Or in the some sort of the music business, right? Yeah, he owns a music shop and he plays in a bunch of, um, I think it's like, right now it's always changing, but like five local bands at the moment. Oh, geez. <laughs> so, like growing up, he was running a recording studio out of our basement. So it was always... Always music all the time. <laughs> right oh, that's awesome. Well, for you as a guitar player, it's easy to say going, being able to go out and watch Slash play every night had to be a highlight. But again, and, and again, I go back to this crazy amount of talent that you guys have played with, you know, I, and even just had the opportunities to meet. Like I saw pictures of you and Joe Perry, and I was like, wow, that's Joe Perry. You know, it's like... <laughs> Yeah, it's just been totally, yeah, like so unexpected. And we're all just so grateful for all the, like, the crazy experiences. Like um, the Joe Perry show was eight, uh, this past April. So right. it's just crazy. Mariah and I, like one of the first things we bonded over was we both love Aerosmith and we right. love Joe Perry and Brad Whitford. And I feel like that's kind of always been something in the back of our minds of like, okay, we have two guitar players in this band. We're going to split up parts like that, you know? Um, so getting to meet him and he's like the nicest person and so supportive it's just so inspiring to see like getting to meet you know your heroes and they're really cool people sure now i missed for, the, the part oh, i missed the part how you guys were put together as a band i mean i knew mariah from doing her videos that were viral with her singing covers and whatnot but how did she how did you and her meet that was yeah another crazy story so she uh after doing some covers with our original drummer like their barracuda cover went viral and then from there they were in touch with uh pavement entertainment and they're managing them and then they wanted to you know fill out the band lineup so they put out an ad looking for a female guitar player from the northeast and i just scrolled across on instagram one night because lizzie hale shared it <laughs> and I was like that's you know sounds awesome so i just you're like i'll take a chance and just Right, a, I, a video of you playing or just you corresponded yeah. what happened i honestly didn't really think anything of it it was the same week of i had orientation at berkeley and i was like might as well try i'm gonna regret not at least saying hi so right. i just reached out introduced myself and then i sent um 
some like original stuff that I had like released a little while ago. And then from there, it was an audition video. And a few weeks later, I was in New York playing with them and they kind of just snowballed from there really fast. Wow. That's so great. Is it, is it, or has it been, and again, I, I know Mariah a little bit, like me and her text kind of regular, but so I, I know how she sort of is. I don't know her as well as you, obviously, she seems very like she would be not competitive, but very focused. And saying that, I don't understand how she shares guitar parts with you or you with her because she's an amazing guitar player as well. It's not like she can't play guitar. How no, do you guys figure out who plays what and, and who, run, who plays the lead on this song and rhythm on that song? It's definitely, I mean, it's really cool working with a band where everyone is super focused and, but at the same time, it's never a competition thing within the band. It's always like, oh, like you sound really good playing that part. You take that or, you know, I'll like take this one or whatever parts we come up with this in the studio. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll do that live. You know, it's always just kind of flowed super natural. And she's an amazing guitar player and it's so much fun getting to play with her. Sure. Definitely. Now let's talk about the member change for a minute. Just for just, I don't want to get into the whole, you guys aren't making it public and I'm not going to ask you the question. I just, obviously Brooke was mega popular. I mean, if you look at her social numbers, they're ridiculous, but then you went to a totally different styled drummer with faith. Faith is like Brooke. This is my me only thing thinking this, but Brooke very controlled. Like she's very, very controlled player. Faith sometimes reminds me of that, that drummer on the Muppets where she's just going nuts, you know, and her hair's flying all over. The, I mean, she's going and hitting, hitting like um, the uh, Morgan from Seven Dust, just hitting as hard as she can and just playing as hard as she can. It's funny you say that because sometimes watching her play it makes me think of Morgan from Seven Dust. <laughs> it, 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 she's so, she hits so hard. Mm-hmm. And and it is a different style. It definitely added, you know, I, I I read every bit of social media, and I'm sure you guys did too, where a lot of people weren't happy, you know, and then they grew to it once they heard it because it her drumming did change the sound a little bit. It made it a much more thicker, heavier sound. Um, when the change was made, well, let me ask this. How did you find Faith, given that, she literally graduated high school and jumps on a plane to go play for Allison Ch- in, in front of Allison Chains with you guys. We another just yeah random thing we found her on Instagram. We we're looking for like a new drummer, and it was kind of funny because like you know we'd all be you know looking at a bunch of people online and you know sending like what do you think of like so and so or so and so and all these so many different drum videos, and we all just come kept coming back to Fate's videos and. Okay. We weren't even talking about it much. It was just like, I think Mariah had mentioned or something, but she keeps popping up like on my For You page. I'm like, this girl's amazing. But I was thinking like, you know, she's in Arizona. She just graduated high school. I don't know. Um, But then we reached out to her and she's incredible. She learned like the whole album, I think in a week for a gig. And then she flew across the country to New York and she crushed it that first gig. And she's just been killing it ever since. Sure. Wow. And, and it's funny you say, well, she had just graduated high school. Well, y'all just graduated high school. Yeah. I guess the difference <laughs> is like I graduated two years ago and she was like two months ago for her, but we're all for it fresh out of high school. <laughs> right. That's just it's like crazy. artificial intelligence put them together, you know, in a way <laughs> kept suggesting it's like the, 
the algos, the algos made it happen. And, it's honestly pretty interesting, like the role social media has played in all of it. It's right. Well, you guys, you guys are a legitimate modern band. It's not, it's not the old fashioned way of, well, we got in a room and we jammed and we found chem, you know, it was, you all found yourselves on Instagram and it just worked. You know, that, any, that is kind of the new way. The, the, the look of the band, obviously all you ladies are beautiful. I mean, you weren't going to get a 50 year old fat, hairy, sweaty drummer to come in. You know, <laughs> yeah. It was definitely like, you got like it, looking for something to kind of fit the vibe, but kind of like with any band, you know, you need someone that also like can look and play the part, you know? Right. It's, they had to play good, but yeah, they had a, also the look was, mm-hmm. was a little important. Uh, so that helped her. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I feel like that kind of thing kind of pops up everywhere sure. in any sort right. of entertainment industry. Yeah, you know? pretty much. <laughs> any hot young lady that's playing an instrument well gets a lot of views. <laughs> yeah, that's a rule. This on earlier shows. <laughs> well, Chris me, likes drummers. He likes drumming videos. I do. Well, right? it's because I'm a failed drummer. That's that's. Right. If I could play guitar, I'd probably watch guitar videos all the time. But I'm a drummer or a failed. I'm a bad drummer. But I'm a. But I played drums and I wasn't good. But everybody else is better, so it's fun to watch. You know, it's I like, get bass video. I don't. I, I mean, I play. I have a little bass amp and bass for when I'm writing songs or whatever. But I'm not primarily a bass player. But it always sends me bass videos. I don't know really? it's because I just enjoy watching them or what maybe I've scrolled on them but they just yeah they keep coming my way and it's amazing the younger and younger artists out there you know like yourself 19 years old 20 years old that make us old guys want to pretty much quit you know <laughs> like really I mean it took me a long time I mean would you would you attribute that to growing up with your dad who was a musician or did the internet play a big role were you able to get so much better so much faster because of all the lessons available to to your generation honestly i think both played a huge role in it like i started playing guitar when i was five just because they're always around the house and i was right. always listening to rock music and i was always super encouraged so i was taking lessons at the store um but then at the same time i'm like always looking up videos on youtube like oh how how does this solo like work or what's this technique and always like right. researching a bunch of random things and i feel like yeah. It all kind of combined together to kind of learning so much. I feel like a lot faster than, you know, a, not too long ago. It's like you always had to get books to like learn tabs, which well, I still listen, love. Bella, back in the 1900s, <laughs> we had these magazines. They were called guitar for the practicing <laughs> musician. And they would have a couple of tablatures in there. And we would have to wait a whole month before we got another one. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's that so prolonged our whole learning experience. That day is done. <laughs> well, well, Bella, let's let's talk a little bit about the new music that you guys have recorded. We obviously have left behind that's out there now. That people, it's the first taste of the new stuff. Um, what are we getting soon? Whenever, and if you can't say the date, can't say the date. But is there an album or is it an EP? Or are you guys just going to go? a track here then another track in three months or what? what is the plan i honestly think we're kind of waiting and just seeing how it goes like we need to finish the second album but um from there we're kind of figuring out the pacing of when stuff's going to be released but okay. we're super excited about how things are starting to sound like more modern and more heavier and for, i'm stoked to finish the album and have like a bunch of like new songs to play live too sure now, I, I have to admit, I was very surprised when I saw that you guys moved off of Johnny K and moved over to Zach Malloy, who's one of my favorite guys ever. I love Zach. He's 
he's one of the nicest guys, as I'm sure you can attribute mm-hmm. to. He, he's he's so nice, and he's he's got a, a tremendous ear for for music. But so does Johnny. To be fair, so oh, does Johnny. Yeah. And I I have to admit, I was personally surprised because of the success that you guys did have with the debut that you went a different direction. What was it that led you guys to make the change? Did you see like an opportunity for growth or did you just want to do something different or what? I think it was a little bit of both wanting to grow as a band and kind of growing into a different sound and kind of chasing more of like the modern influences we have as well too. But at the same time, I've loved both experiences and I love that it working with both Johnny K and Zach Malloy and Blair Daly too on the, uh, the recent song, like both times, like I learned so much and it's honestly just an awesome learning experience getting to work with you know, such like, talented and gifted people and kind of like getting to like pick their brain of like, what are they hearing for this section or like where mm-hmm. direction do they think it should go? Like I find it super interesting. And it was, especially for the new stuff, uh, it was super cool seeing it all come together super fast. Which, um, yeah, I'm so excited for to be able to get more music out soon. Sure. The other question that I have about the writing, when did you guys have time to write? The, the, I, I mean, unless my schedule is crazy, you guys were on tour, then you were off for like two weeks, and then Mariah was on tour with TSO for two months or 45 days or whatever that was. And then almost immediately there was like, hey, we're in Nashville, we're recording, we're you know, it, it just seemed like, well, where does the writing come? Do you write on the road or did you, did you guys have a couple sessions or what? There is a little bit of writing on the road and then um, Mariah leads the way with the writing. So during those off months, that was when, you know, a lot of the new stuff came together and then um, we got sent the ideas and all ran from there. So I think it was like, we're in the February, um, in the studio by February. So it was like, a, like about a month and a half to kind of get everything situated to like run in and do left behind and some more music. Right. Very good. Well, obviously we, the first taste that we've gotten is left behind much heavier, much you as a guitar player. I'm sure you were thrilled when, when the initial ideas came out, I'm sure you're like, Oh yeah, this is going to be, this is what I want to do. So talk a little bit about, about not only the just the overall heaviness, but for you as a guitar player, you know the different tuning and the different style of playing than anything on on the debut. Well, Chris, record. those are my kind of questions, man. Well, you Tunings? can ask too. Come on. I just taught you the Nickelodeon scale, and now you're getting all high and mighty. <laughs> Sorry. What are you tuned to, Bella? I was going to ask that. Uh, so left behinds and drop B. Okay. And then, um, like hate will not win. And I don't care. I'll drop C, and then the rest of the records drop D. Except are you for using baritone guitars for this, or, or seven strings, or? Actually, I'm using um, like my Ibanez RG six strings, but then going into the Digitech drop pedal live, and then cool. in the studio, I was using um, my Hardtail RG and just tuning down for it. For one of my guitars, I did set up the floating trying to drop B, and that was a bit of a project one day. <laughs> How's the Digitech uh, device? How's that holding up? I love it. I'm honestly still shocked by the accuracy of it. I've been using it Mm -hmm. for like three years now and it's crazy. It makes it so much easier. So you don't have to retune, especially where like at least always one of my guitars are floating trims. Like I can use the same guitar and hit a button. We were talking about that. I've just, well, look, I have my my clothes on here. Hold on. (laughs) This guitar, 
Like I had to put finally put a trem stop in there. Oh, nice. I deal with the floating. It was just sucking too much time out of my life getting guitars set up for gigs. I know you probably don't sweat like a pig like I do, but it's just <laughs> I have to change my strings pretty much like every two or three shows. And it was just taking so much time to get it when it's in the floating position. It was driving me nuts. Uh, so I finally this weekend went in there, cleaned all my, my Floyd Rose tremolo systems up. I had to go take all the saddles off and oil them up. And, uh, oh, wow. Deep clean. <laughs> deep clean. Full blown. It's, I've had nice. uh, these Charvels for probably like three, two or three years. And I guess that's the point where they start not working properly. Like the, the, the mechanisms start freezing up from the sweat or drying uh -huh. up or whatever. The, and so, yeah, I, I spent a lot of time uh, doing that. I'm not used to playing these types of guitars. Most of my career, I had like Les Pauls and Telecasters. And then just mm -hmm. in the last couple of years, switched to doing the um, tremolo. But do you have someone to help you with that stuff when you're on the road or do you do it all yourself? Do you take care of your own guitars? It varies. Like um, for most tours, we've had someone that usually helps with like my rig as well as Mariah and Ashley's. Uh, but this past tour, I was teching for myself and I loved yeah. it. You know, I'm always into like, you know, tinkering with my gear and like having time to, you know, work on my guitars in the green room and whatnot. Right. Does your dad, did he teach you how to like handle all this stuff years ago? Like you yeah yeah i'd be like all these in the store and it'd be like all right here's a setup like a customer dropped off like figure it out you know nice. it was <laughs> like awesome. you were like blindfolded like you were in some kind of like special forces okay yeah. now assemble the guitar blindfolded <laughs> it's like you would have a guitar like on like the dining room table it's like all right if like you're in a bar someday and you're playing a set, you break a string, you go as fast as you can type of deal, you know? <laughs> He's throwing shit at you, like to get ready for a bat if, if the people were like heckling you. To, to <laughs> I don't think they've had that problem yet, Eric. Thank <laughs> <Maybe> not. <laughs> Very good. Well, Bella, tell us uh, the other big news uh, for you is that you've just launched this new website, um, which profiles pretty pretty well everything that you're up to and offers guitar lessons and there's a bunch going on there so tell us about the new website thanks i'm super excited about it i feel like it was just kind of a next step for me whereas online like i really only had social medias so i figured mm -hmm. you know kind of have a more formal setup just saying like what i do and i'm super excited to be offering guitar lessons now it's something i've been thinking about like kind of on the fence about wanting to do for like a, about a year um, like I've taught in the past a little bit when I'm home and I've really liked it. So I, you know, just like keeping my schedule super, super busy, you know, so I'm right. stoked yeah. about that. You could do this online now. I mean, the lessons you, you don't even have to leave your house to, to go anywhere to teach them. Right. I mean, it's all, you have the technology just right from your room there. Right. I mean, exactly. It's pretty crazy. Like, um, when I was going to college, it was in 2020 and 2021. So everything was oh, way back then in 2020. Right? <laughs> A hot minute ago, but Lifetime I've ago. learned so much all on Zoom. So like, especially, right. it's crazy what you can do with technology now. Yeah. So will I, you? I offer thought, oh, go ahead, Eric. Go oh, ahead. sorry, Chris. I'm sorry. I'm stepping all over Chris tonight. Um, no, I was going to say, I do recall, you know, teaching back, you know, 10 or 15 years ago, and, I, and they would like pay me like a set amount and I'd have to show up there like four times a month and like actually drive out to the kid's house and stuff. And it was kind of a pain, you know, uh, I should, right, right. Now it's like anything I could do, you know, at home is welcomed. 
like this show, for example. There you go. <laughs> right? It's like fun, and all you have to do is open your laptop. I'm so here for it. That's it. That's right. Well, with with guitar lessons, let me ask you this: is it is it strictly Zoom, or can people purchase the I don't know at the show or at Soundcheck? You could get the guitar lesson thing, or is um, that... I honestly haven't thought about that. That's an awesome idea. I mean, I've been thinking like when I'm home, like. I'm, you know, but you're never show. home is why I'm asking. <laughs> exactly. That's why I'm like, so I launched it now. I'm like, oh, this, I'm home for a month. This is kind of odd. Now's the time <laughs> to do it. <laughs> um, but no, that's a super cool idea. I'm definitely, you know, still adding a bunch of things to the website and sure. totally open-minded to new ideas and changing things around. So certainly stuff to consider. That's right. Well, you guys are, um, plush is, um, you're getting ready to do a handful, not a full tour. It doesn't seem like yet, but you're doing a, a, a larger than a handful amount of um, headlining dates. Um, talk a little bit about that. What all will, will you be playing? And, you know, do you have a, do you have an, do you have an hour and a half of material? <laughs> we do. We've, we've reached that point now, which okay. is pretty, pretty awesome. So we have, you know, the first record and then left behind and then, um, for the headlining shows, it's kind of putting together all the different covers we've thrown in the sets. Right. Sure. So kind of piecing that all together right now. So it's pretty crazy to be thinking about, you know, playing hour and a half of like mostly original music now. So we're all super excited about it. Congratulations. That's great. Oh, thank you. Well, I, I have to bring up, I'm going to go back to social media for a minute, just cause I just saw this the other day and I know you, you guys are, if not all four of you, I know three two or three of you anyway, are huge KISS fans. How exciting was that to have the video that somebody put up of you guys covering KISS and then Paul Stanley saying, yeah, this is cool or whatever he said. That's like, you know, that's just the coolest thing, right? Yeah, that was like just another pinch me moment. Like I started playing guitar because of KISS. Like most for me, it's like Ace Freely just looks like the coolest person ever. Like, of course I want to do that, you know? Um, and so the whole Kiss cruise, I'm like geeking out, you know, they have like some of the outfits there and like, right. like, like you could see the Kiss coffin. I'm like, I'm so here for this. And then seeing him without the makeup, I was having like the time of my life. <laughs> but then seeing him like retweet, it was just crazy. Like we had tossed around the idea of doing a Kiss cover. And of course I'm like in my element, like suggesting all these songs and right. It was fun to, like, getting to do Heavens on Fire. Like I think we did it every night of the tour. Yeah. Well, how was that tour? By the way, it was a, it, it was a fan competitive tour in the, in the most unique way. I just noticed the, the warning fans. You know, God love them, but they they want to see the warning, and uh, you know, and and your fans kind of. It seemed like there was more like confrontation a little bit with the fan community than than I had seen with you guys ever before and and not in a bad way I'm not trying to say that either side was saying ah screw plush or screw the war you know it wasn't like that but it was definitely a lot of a lot of well the warning kicked ass somebody would put a post of well plush was great tonight and then somebody put yeah but the warning kicked ass and it was like okay we got it you're a warning fan okay you know so how was that tour for you guys I loved it. Honestly, it was super cool going out with another all-female band. And also we had Holy Wars opening, like a female sure. friend band. And just super cool. Of, like we had never toured with other bands that are like about the same age as us. Mm -hmm. so it was super cool of like, you know, touring with people that are, have similar experiences. And like in that regards of like, you know, just starting touring and being new to this, I think it was like their first U.S. headline tour. Right. Um, 
So it was super cool. And like with, you know, everyone coming to the shows and stuff, I thought it was so interesting that like at the beginning of the show, I kind of caught that vibe of like, you know, they're, they're here for the warning or whatnot, but then everyone would be so into our sets and like, it would be a total blast on stage. It was kind of crazy. Like after every show we'd go to merch and then so many people come up and be like, yeah, I didn't know who you guys were. I was coming for the warning, but you know, also liked your set. So I thought it was cool how it had like that awesome crossover of like, I feel like a lot, a lot of people that, you know, didn't know of us, mm-hmm. you know, were, were also into us because we're kind of similar to the warning. Sure. Well, and, and the unique thing is, is you guys have had to do that over and over again. That's not new. You know, I, I mean, I, I don't imagine many of the slash people knew oh. a whole lot, whole lot about you guys or seven dust or Alice mm-hmm. in Chains. I mean, it's just, it's a different, and, and you guys are young. I mean, that's really what it comes down to is, you know, an Allison Chains fan is 40 to 50, you know, they're your, your dad's age or probably older than your dad, you know, and how old is your dad, Bella? He's actually turning 50 next week. Oh my so, God. He's so my age. Old. I said that, but so old. I'm 54, uh. <laughs> but no, it, it's, I, 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 I had asked Mariah this, uh, um, once and I'll ask you the same question. What is more, what is more fulfilling for you guys on stage when you get out there and people know the music from, from the word go from the minute you start or when everybody's there, arms crossed, you know, who's this that's holding up my, me seeing my band and then you win them over, which is, which is better for you. I mean, I love both. I feel like no matter what, if you're ending the set with, the majority of the room into it. And you can just look out and tell people are having a good time. That totally makes it for me. Um, So it's like, if we start that way, or that's more of a middle of the set towards the end type of thing, either way, I love it, you know? Right. You're just happy. You're just happy that people are there, right? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Very nice. Well, um, let me see. I think I got it. What am I missing that you want people to know? Um, you can head to plushrocks.net for all the upcoming shows this summer and definitely stay tuned for new music soon. Very good. And where do they go for guitar lessons? Make sure we know that. Oh, too. it's a uh, bellaperon.net. There you go. Oh, there you go. Absolutely. And what does a guitar lesson cost from bellaperon.net? Uh, currently it's $40 for a half That's hour. That's cheap. That's way cheap. That's good. You have to raise that up. Yeah, you're gonna have to. We'll see. I gotta build some credibility at this first. (laughs) Got to book a few before you can raise it, right? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Well, Bella, it's it's great talking to you. And as I'm sure you heard me say, Plush, Plush is a band that I plugged to death and have been for. I have been plugging the band since it was Mariah singing videos, or when it wasn't a band. So I'm, I I love it. Mm -hmm. I love that you guys are doing well, and it's. I will say this, one more quick thing, and, and you can comment on this as well. A unique thing about following your band, and it's probably not as unique today because I'm sure that more and more bands are doing this, but it's unique that as somebody that became a fan of the band, I can really follow it. Like, you guys are super, super active on social, all four of you, very, very active on social media, and not just, here's a gig Here's a video. Go. It's, you know, you guys goofing around in the hotel rooms and you guys, you know, 
you know, videos of you guys walking around towns and different stuff. It's all out there. And, and it's almost like as an old head that, you know, we would see a magazine once a month with a, two pictures of Motley Crue. And that was us following the band. It really is a unique insight into what it takes to grow as a band that, that older people did not get. And again, it's the modern age, but it, it it's a cool look. Oh, well, thank you. That's definitely something we've kind of always strived for is like, at least with social media and stuff, just being transparent and like not trying to act a certain way for the image or anything. Like it's just us and we're having a good time, you know, just enjoying every second of this. Right. Wait till you're 50. Then you'll, you'll be like, Oh, that, that doesn't <laughs> yeah. make sense. Like, like right now, everything you yeah. do, good. you can just, right. here, just put it all out there. <laughs> nice well Bella I figured we would wrap this up by playing a little bit of uh, Left Behind since that is the current single so um, one more time give the plugs out so where people can follow you follow Plush get tour dates all that stuff awesome well you can get all the tour dates at plushrocks.net and on Instagram the band is plushrocks and my handle is bella.peron and then my website is bellaperon.net and then Facebook it's Plush Official and Bella Peron. Excellent. Well, Bella, thanks so much for joining us here on Chris Aker Presents. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right, Bella. Um, we will talk again soon. Sounds great. All right, Bella. Take care. Thanks. You too. All right. Bye-bye. A little too loud and a lot to say. Don't look like you don't think you way. The faceless, the nameless, the Disruptors, corruptors, as sick as we get We are the left behind Forgotten, undefined Love us to hate us, you'll never break us Stand at the end of the line We are the left behind Won't be left Society, one big twisted family. You can have the unusual.